Okay, everything starts like a wave. So a few caught on, and a few remembered from Sunday. So especially tomorrow night and Sunday, if you're here, because uh, coming out of that to tomorrow night, there's going to be a great video, and then we're going to worship. But we're just excited you guys are here tonight. And thanks for thanks for paying attention, crew, and doing that. Let's let's have a holy roar tonight. Hey, I got something for us to roar about real quickly. Our team from Guatemala is back in the states. Everybody's back. Everybody's back safely. Uh, they are on the ground in Atlanta airport and the layover they had, they could have driven home, I think, and gotten here about the same time. Uh, but they should be back in Louisville a little before midnight and back out here tomorrow uh, in the morning by one o'clock. And then really pray for our staff that our youth team on that, uh, that were on that trip because they got an Easter egg hunt at 11 o'clock in the morning like they haven't had anything else going on this week. So, uh, and then pray they get some rest tomorrow afternoon. I'm so glad you guys are here. This is always a special time, and we just want this to be a time of celebration and reflection. And so uh, Ethan uh, is, and Jill are going to lead us in a couple songs. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Good Friday. Uh, and then we're going to share in communion together and worship some more. And that's kind of what the night looks like. So we're really, really glad that you're here. Uh, if you want to, this is being live streamed, but if you just want to, on your social media, tell people it's on, they can watch and join us. But right now, for us here in this place, let's make a commitment to worship tonight. Would you guys stand with us tonight as we start?
Good to be here. Amen. To be able to celebrate the most life changing, life giving time in the history of the world. And to be able to do it with our family. Missed it last year missed this event missed what's going to happen the next two days yeah we did it and we did it online and we did the very best we could and i mean our team pulled things together in a very short matter of time and given the circumstances i thought easter was incredible last year but it wasn't the same it wasn't the same. And because Easter to me is, it's, it's so special in the celebration of what it means. It's always special to me for being here as long as I have now. It's a time when like family comes home. And, and so I, I get to see kids that were in my youth group that now have kids that are older than they were when they were the kids that were in my youth group. And, uh, and just being able to celebrate. Today is a day that I've, I've, I've had so many things go through my mind over decades about today. I mean, of all the Fridays in the history of the world, how did this one get labeled good? When you think of what happened on this Friday that we celebrate as Good Friday, how in the world did it get that label? Because if, if you've even just read this, it's hard to read. If you've seen it portrayed, especially in a movie like The Passion of the Christ, and, and you watch that, 
What part of that is good? How do we figure that out? We, we, Sunday, we, we, we started just this three-part series that we're doing. And we, Sunday, and thanks for listening, because we talked about just the holy roar of worship and the excitement and anticipation of coming to worship. As I thought about that, Friday to me just seems to be a day where there were all kinds of roars. There was the roars of the crowd that started uh, in the late hours of Thursday night and that went on into Friday. First roars of why are you taking it turned into roars of crucifying, crucifying. I've often thought on this day as as Jesus is on trial, I've often thought of what Barabbas was thinking in a prison cell not far away from the center of the temple where Jesus was, or the center of the court where Jesus was being tried. And when it got to, when it got to the part when they asked for who should, Pilate asked, who should I release? And the crowd started chanting, Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas. I wonder what was going through his mind, Barabbas's mind. Thousand yards away in a cell, and, but you know he could hear that holy roar that roar from the court yelling his name and the next thing he would have been able to distinguish the next words he would have been able to distinguish would have been in response to the question well what should i do with jesus which he was so far away he wouldn't have been able to hear the question but he could hear the response they hear he hears his name being cheered and then he hears crucify him crucify him crucify him i wonder what was going through barabbas's mind they're coming for me they're coming for me and then the door swung open he was set free and the realization is that you and i are barabbas we're guilty as charged. We're sentenced to death because that is the wages of our sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? And that's, that's what was going on on Friday. And when the soldiers came for Barabbas and he thought it was to crucify him and the gate swung open is free he was free we need to understand that because of what happened that day our gate swung open and we can be free we can have eternity because of that and so the holy roar on that friday was a roar of redemption it was a roar of redemption we had to have that because scripture will not lie And Scripture tells us that the wages of our sin is death. And the only way that that our sins could be redeemed was through the death of the firstborn. And so Jesus, not just the firstborn, the only born, the only born Son of God had to die for our redemption. We just sang about that. We just sang about that. The, the scripture says it this way. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
In Him we have redemption through the blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Here it is. To unite all things in Him. Things in heaven and in earth. And because of that day, because of what began on that day and would be climaxed on Sunday, there is redemption for our sins. Stephen Neal wrote these words. He said, Justification is the establishment of a permanent relationship between a gracious God and those who are desperately, desperately in need of grace. It is that act in which God declares himself to be passionately favorable to one who is totally undeserving of his favor. Let me read that again. That he declares himself to be passionately favorable to one who is totally undeserving of his favor. That's you and me. It is that act in which a man who knows himself to be a sinner abandons every claim on God and every attempt to establish his own righteousness and declares his intention to rest forever and only on the forgiveness of God declared and made real through Jesus Christ. What an amazing day that was. It was a horrific day. A horrific day. And all I want to do tonight is just point you to seven words that go along with seven things that Jesus said while he was on the cross. The first thing that Jesus said from the cross is actually recorded in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 23 and verse 34, where he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. It's a statement of forgiveness. Radical, undeserved forgiveness for the very ones that are doing this to him. Do you realize how much you need God's forgiveness? And it's not just saying you're not guilty. It's completely taking the guilt away. Father, forgive all of them for they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what's happening. They don't understand. And so forgive them. The second statement he made is is actually a little bit farther down in uh, Luke 23. It's in verse 43. Jesus actually speaks to one of the other thieves, one of the thieves that's being crucified at the same time as him. The one who said, leave him alone, for he has done nothing wrong. And then he said, remember me, remember me. And Jesus from the cross looks to his side and tells one who is guilty, one who is being punished for an earthly crime. He looks at him and says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Today. 
It's a statement of salvation. Today, in just, in just a little bit, in just a little bit, you will be with me in paradise. He gave the immediate promise of heaven to a sinner being punished for his earthly sins. And he gave that immediate promise. So I would ask you this question. Have you, this day, April 2nd, 2021, Good Friday, have you recognized, accepted, and surrendered to Jesus Christ as your salvation? Because salvation comes only through him. That's why in that moment he's able to look at that man and say, in just a little bit, in just a little while, you're going to be with me in paradise. And it's going to be awesome. The third statement is actually in John's gospel. Jesus really showing his humanity makes a, a statement of compassion as he looks down at his his best friend on earth john the the apostle the one who wrote this gospel and he looked at john and he looked at his mom and he said woman behold your son son behold your mother He's looking at his best friend and saying, please tell me you'll take care of her. Please tell me you'll make sure mom's going to be okay. Please promise you'll watch out for her. History records that John brought Mary into his house. She lived with John the rest of her life. And Jesus shows his human compassion caring for his mother in the midst of the brutality of what's going on for him with him and to him he's more concerned with her john took care of her woman see he's your son now he's going to take care of you and then there's a statement of anguish it's in matthew's gospel it's one of the hardest ones the, the Aramaic is, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's such a difficult thing to think about. That Jesus is crying out to the Father in anguish. Why have you forsaken me? I, I wrestled with that for years and years early in my adult life. That didn't make sense. How uh, Jesus uh, is, is God in flesh and the Father, they're, they're one. And how, how could that be? What's he talking about? But when you read in the Old Testament and you see how, how sacrifice actually took place, there was that actual sacrifice, annual sacrifice, where the blood of a lamb was sprinkled on the back of a baby goat that was then taken off and shooed off into the wilderness, never to return and forever to be known as a scapegoat, the one who bore the sins of the people and took them as far away as it could possibly be. And Jesus is getting ready to enter a season, the only time when he and the Father were separated, because God the Father could not stand to be in the presence of sin. And for, for there to be forgiveness, Jesus had to take our sins and take them completely away to bear our sins. 
And in that moment, he does feel all alone. Have you ever felt all alone? Felt like whatever battle that you were going through, you're the only one in it. And especially the only one who understands it. See, the Bible tells us that there will be nothing we'll go through that Jesus doesn't understand. And in that moment, he understood that fear of, I'm all alone. I'm all alone. And it's anguish. Then there's another statement of suffering. This one might seem a little bit odd as we read through it because it's just two words. It's in John chapter 19, verse 28. And from the cross, Jesus simply said, I thirst. I'm thirsty. See, the night before, you've got to understand the night before because this isn't just, I need a drink. It's much deeper than that. Because what did Jesus pray the night before? Just hours before this is actually happening, when he was in the garden on his knees, and he prayed, Father, if there's any way possible, let this cup pass from me. I I don't know if I can drink this. But in this moment, just hours later, he's ready. He's ready to take it all upon him. He's ready to drink the cup of forgiveness, the cup of atonement, the cup that was going to pay for our price. And it was a statement of suffering, but saying, I'm ready. I'm ready for this assignment, for this challenge. The sixth statement is a statement of victory. It is finished. It is finished. Don't mistake what that means. This is not Jesus saying, I'm about to die. This is Jesus saying the only thing that Satan could hold over us is the grave and it is finished. It is completed. We don't have to, we don't have to fear death. It is finished. That the power of sin over humankind, it is finished. Now there's a way to do that. We have to receive that forgiveness. We have to receive what Jesus did. But in that moment, it's over. He's done what he had to do. It is finished. And then the final statement. It's a statement of eternal joy. Father, in this moment, into your hands, I commit my spirit. We're living in a world full of desperation.
We're living in a world that's seeking hope. We're living in a world that's accepting false hope. False hope that comes through our finances and our retirement plans. False hope in the midst of a pandemic that is all about masks and vaccines that are all important and fine, just like our finances. False hope that is in our appearance and our acquisition of things. And we're missing the hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. And I pray that those of us that know that hope would take serious the burden of sharing that hope. That people could someday, that we and others around us could say, someday into your hands I commit my spirit. And know that there is redemption that's found only in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you in this moment and the rest of this evening, would you pray that over the next 36 hours that there will be people that will make an eternal commitment to an eternal Savior? Because because of that blood of redemption for our sins, it's not only Good Friday. It was the best Friday ever. So to finish our night tonight, we want to remember the blood redemption of Jesus through observing the Lord's Supper that was shared just hours before the crucifixion. And so if you didn't pick it up on the way in at all of our stations, just like on Sunday, there are trays that have a cup. It's actually two cups on top of each other. The bottom one has a little piece of bread. And as you take that piece of bread, I want you just to remember Jesus' body. And then as you drink the cup of the juice, I want you to remember his blood. And I want you to thank him for the redemption that came through a cross and especially through an empty grave. God, bless this time. Bless us as we share. Bless us as we partake. Thank you for the redemption and what happened on the best Friday ever. In Jesus' name, amen.
If you want to get a great Easter family picture, if you'll notice, there is a beautiful, hard to say beautiful, but beautiful crown of thorns uh, for you to take your family picture over there anytime this weekend. Remember, tomorrow night, 5.30 and 7 o'clock, Sunday morning, 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30. Uh, come worship as often as you want. Come serve as often as you would like. Uh, we will, we will find, Brett will find you someplace, uh, to serve over the next two days. Pray for our kids on their last leg of their journey home tonight and pray for hundreds of kids and 15,000 eggs tomorrow that, uh, that kids can just have fun, have fun, and they will hear about Jesus even at that celebration as well. We'll see you guys tomorrow night or Sunday. Let's go change the world. See you guys.